It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. Joining me today is Eric Lurs. Eric is called the Bruce Lee of sales and lead generation, which I want to get into a little bit later. And he's the founder of Guru Selling and author of the book, Be, Do, Sale, How to Create More Sales Right Now, Regardless of What the Competition or the Economy is Doing, Using the Gurus, which is an acronym we'll get into, Selling System. So, Eric Lurs, welcome to Accelerate. Thank you, Andy. Thank you for having me. So, take a minute, introduce yourself beyond that uh, in-depth introduction I provided. Well, you did such an awesome job. I don't know if I can do any better. Uh, so yeah, how'd you get in sales? I, how did I get in sales? Um, well, I, I mean, uh, I was a salesman in high school. Uh, in high school? Yes. I, I, well, I mean, I wasn't selling cars, but I worked uh, you know, at the mall at different stores. I did retail and everything else like that. Uh, at 17, I worked for Champs Sporting Goods, and I broke the all-day sales record in about an hour. Uh, and, uh, I remember my boss was all ecstatic and calling his boss and his boss and his boss. And I did it like, uh, at, at, uh, I don't know, nine from nine thirty to 10 30 AM on a Saturday morning. He was all happy. And, and my reward for selling, I can't even remember five, six, seven thousand dollars worth of merchandise in an hour was, uh, you know, which was like unheard of, right? Because this is 1986, mm-hmm, 1987, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, uh, you know, so selling that much equipment out of a sporting goods store in a mall. We weren't even in sporting goods. It was like clothing and apparel and stuff like that. He, you know, it was like unheard of. And, um, my reward for that was, uh, an extra 10 minutes of lunch. <laughs> Good on you. You did a great <laughs> job. Get that extra 10 minutes of lunch. Fantastic. <laughs> Back then I had no idea. I think so. now I realize like he probably made some huge bonus. Oh, I'm sure it, he right? did. <laughs> you know, and I got, I got an extra 10 minutes at, at blimpy. Um, yeah, but, uh, so I, I did that and then, um, you know, I, I went through college and then, uh, came out and got into the business world and, uh, you know, spent 10 years in corporate America. And, um, even when you're, when you're in management and you're managing people, it's all sales, right? Mm-hmm. You got to sell people on doing stuff. Um, you know, and I got to the point where I could, I had, I was, I was selling teams of unmotivated, unhappy people to do things that were mathematically impossible given the amount of people I had. <laughs> so uh, after getting into, got into, after doing that, I did some consulting, then I did some business coaching, and I really wanted to help my clients. So, you know, when you're doing general business coaching, you're, you, you know, you're kind of all over the place. You, you know, it's a little bit of sales, a little bit of marketing, a little bit of operations, a little bit of personal coaching, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. Of listening to them cry about you exactly. know, their relationship with their kid. And, um, you know, there was a lot of meandering and not a lot of helping. So I started to focus more in on sales and marketing and then uh, put more of a temporarily put more of a focus on sales because it was like, you know, let's make the cash register ring. And uh, that's how I got focused into sales. And then that, you know, that focus led me into lead generation um, because, what comes before sales, lead generation, and then ultimately what comes before lead generation positioning, which is, you know, so now I really play in, um, even though I help companies with sales, I really play in the positioning and lead gen space because you do that right and 
sales take care of themselves. All right. So how did you become Bruce Lee? Well, if only I was that good. Um, how did I become Bruce Lee? So this is going back years, uh, five, six years ago. Um, I was talking with a client. So I've studied martial arts for a good chunk of my life. And if you're somebody who knows martial arts, I mean, long story short, what happens is most martial arts schools is they teach you forms and katas. They want everybody on the floor doing exactly the same thing at exactly the same time, exactly the same way. Why? Because it makes it really easy for the teacher to stand there and go, oh, yes, you're all doing it right. Why? Because you're all doing a front punch now and a back kick there. And oh, yes, and everybody looks great. Um, Bruce Lee, on the other hand, came in and was like, he trained the same way, you know, do this, do that, mm -hmm, do this, mm -hmm. do that. Um, but when he went to start, when he got into a real fight one time using Wing Chun, which is the system he studied, um, he said, you know, it took like four or five minutes for this whole fight to happen. He's like, this is ridiculous. It shouldn't take nearly that long. And it's because he became trapped in what was called the, what he called the classical mess, which is this follows that follows this. And he, he realized that when you, when you do that, you start to restrict the body, you start to restrict the flow of how, you know, your body has a certain way that it wants to defend itself, be in, be in a fight. And then there's what you're trying to make the body do. Some of the stuff works for you, some of it doesn't, but it's all slammed together and you have no choice. So he instead started, he, he created a concept where he said, you know, I'll use, what use what's useful and discard what's useless. And he only started using the techniques that made sense to him. He got rid of forms. He got rid of all this other stuff. Long story short, I start reading this stuff when I'm studying martial arts and, and I fall in love with the idea. I'm like, yeah, because you know, there's a lot of times I'm doing katas and stuff in class and I just, some of it feels natural and some of it feels like I would never do this in the real world. And so I start kind of tweaking what I'm doing and my teachers keep going, Eric, do it that way, do it that way. So that's why I started getting, um, I started breaking away from my old teachers and just kind of training more on my own and with new with friends and stuff. Uh, so I loved his, I loved Bruce's methodology. And um, when I got into coaching people, um, they were, he has tons and tons of really good quotes that apply. You know, they were written around martial arts, but in reality, they apply to anything. In a lot of ways, they apply to, to sales, business, marketing. So one day I'm on the phone with one of my clients and I'm going – and I'm just going Bruce Lee quote crazy on him. There's a, this quote and that quote, this quote and that quote. Da, 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 da. Bruce said this, and Bruce said that. Da, da, da. You know, I was just on a Bruce kick that day. And like, uh, you know, halfway through the call or something, he goes, you know, you're like a Bruce Lee of sales. And I heard it and it was like one of those golden moments where it's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and I instantly said, no, why? Because I was terrified because I said, you know, to go out there and brazenly say I am the Bruce Lee of anything, you know, uh, you know, it was like I can't. Uh, and I actually sat on that moniker for a year and was terrified to use it. It was sitting there like every day. It was sitting on a piece of paper stuck to my wall like Bruce Lee of sales, Bruce Lee of sales, Bruce Lee of sales. And finally, I remember when I started using it, um, put it up on, on uh, LinkedIn. And all of a sudden, I started getting people contacting me like, I got to talk to you. I got to talk to you. I got to talk to you. Know, like, I, I've got to talk to the Bruce Lee of sales. And then as I morphed from sales into lead generation, I, I stuck lead generation on there uh, because – you know, just like Bruce, if you're going to be like Bruce, then you have to be like Bruce. And Bruce was always evolving. So 
that's my thing now is constant evolution. Um, so I guess, I guess I got the moniker from a client and the, the way of doing things from the man himself. All right. Well, just don't die young. Uh, well, I'm already, I don't know, 14 years older than he was. Okay, well, best, good. So. You, you escaped that then. That's great. So talk then about how you, you know, took this <laughs> this background you had and in martial arts, and I could see see where you're going in terms of eliminating the the parts of the process that didn't really work mm-hmm. and how that sort of uh, melded into starting what you called your guru's selling system. So with gurus... Um, as you said, it's a, it's an abbreviation or an I guess acronym. I, I right. was not that good at English, so I always forget what words mean. And uh, acronym. So so guru stands for um, G stands for genuine self. The first U stands for unique sales persona. The R stands for rapport building. The second U stands for a unique buying position, and S stands for sales ally. So the the idea behind gurus originally. Um, was very much um, around the salesperson themselves, the individual. So, G, the genuine self, was that you you meet a lot of salespeople um, who put on an act because they think that's how you're supposed to sell. Hi, Chip. Nice to meet you. Can I help you today? What are you looking for? Can I you know, like hearty handshake? You know. Exactly, you know, blood in the water, um, you know, and and you start to feel icky and whatever. And that person could be in front of you. That person can be on the phone. They could, however, they're they're contacting you. You start to feel that, uh, right? You know, like the the they're because they're running their programming. The fakes, you know, smile then dial. What if I feel like crap today? Smile anyway. Mm-hmm. You, know? Um, you know, so they're running all their gimmicks. Because they think because their teachers, you know, might be their boss or their manager or the sales trainer of the company or something has taught them the ten things to do. So they're running that program. So they're, they're not yeah, they're being, playing a role. They're playing a role. They're not being themselves. They're not letting that freedom that Bruce would have talked about flow through them, being being a genuine self. He was very much about being um being your genuine self as a martial artist, you know, tr- the true expression of a human being through the through whatever art they choose. So for a sales rep, sir, what's the key to begin to understand what their genuine self is? Well, the first thing is to really just be honest with yourself. You know, how how how, how do I want to approach people? Why, why, why am I here? I mean, there's a lot of deeper questions. I mean, we can go down the, a rabbit hole, but... Um, I guess if you're selling for somebody else, the first question is, do I really believe in what I'm selling? A lot of people don't. They say, I came here because my friend told me the commissions are better here. The guy who says I can sell anything, anything. Is the guy, I, I run from him as fast as humanly possible. Right. Because the, <clears throat> they don't care about anything. So you so you would sell me poisoned baby water? Well, no, I wouldn't do that. But you just said you could sell anything. Well, you know what I what? Uh, 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 limits. <laughs> <laughs> Some don't. That's the whole problem. I know, right? A so lot don't. How much are the commissions on poisoned baby water? I'll <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to look that up online. Exactly. Seventy-five so, <laughs> percent. So, 
I think the lesson is just if we have one key point here right. is is believe in what you sell because then then you're not putting on the act. Right, you don't have to. You don't have to. You know, and that, takes, that belief gets transmitted to the customer. Gets transmitted to the customer. Why? Because you're at ease. If you're at ease, I mean, you know, if you're going to sell, if you're selling something that you already believe in, it makes it that then ninety percent of your work is already taken off your shoulders. Because a right. lot of it is just being quote unquote believable. Sure. Okay. For so for the sales reps that are out there, they're listening to the show in jobs, or they're sort of saying, okay, well, <laughs> based on what Eric just said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really believe what I'm selling. Should they should be looking for something different? They should. Well, uh, first thing is, have you ever even asked yourself that question? You know, have you? You know, wh- why are you selling what you're selling? Do you really believe in it? Do you believe it's the best X in the world? You know, if you had to pay money for it, would, would you? you pay money? Yeah, it's like so, Eric. You know, you've got uh, fifty thousand dollars. Would you go buy? you know, the best Hyundai possible, or would you go buy, you know, a, uh, a nice BMW? I, I'm, I'm going for BMW. <laughs> you know, Hyundais are nice. They get you from A to B. But, you know, if, what do I believe in? I believe in the BMW. I, I know BMW as well. I believe mm-hmm, that's what mm-hmm. I spend my money on. So if I was going to sell cars, I'd be selling BMWs, Aston Martins, some, something like that. Um, so, you know, you have to ask yourself that question first. Have you ever even asked, do I believe in it? If you not sure, can you find something in it that you believe in? You know, is there something, you know, is there, is, are you aligned with the, the energy, the purpose, the mission of the company you're with? If you are, well, then, okay, then you can find integrity and, and alignment and congruency in that. But if you look in the mirror and you say, look, I really don't believe in what I'm selling. I'm only doing it for the money. No offense, but technically you're a prostitute. And if you're okay with that, all right, fine. You know, but you have to live looking at yourself in the, in the mirror every day, realizing I'm, I'm selling something. You know, I'm doing something that goes against my personal integrity. That's a hard pill to swallow. And more importantly, you have to swallow it every single day you go to work. And you have to put on an act and try to convince somebody else. Yeah. 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 The buyers, for sure. Yeah. So, okay. So that's the G, Guru's selling system. We got through. It's an acronym, G-U-R-U-S. We got through the first G. We're going to talk about you, unique sales persona. So describe what that means for us. So... Years ago, when I first designed Gurus, Unique Sales Persona was the construct through which people would start to do lead generation for themselves. Um, ultimately, it has spun out uh, into what I call subconscious lead generation. Or actually, what is subconscious lead generation now, which is a, an entire process uh, that we do for clients. But for the salesperson itself, or themselves, uh, Unique Sales Persona was what I called the new USP. Um, mm-hmm. because, unique you know, selling you proposition. Unique selling proposition. Because a lot of times, um, if you look at most, mo- today everybody's like, oh, USP, what's your USP? What's your USP? You know, it's, 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 everybody has heard the term USP. The problem is most people, you know, especially in a commoditized marketplace, they don't have 
a, U, a USP. Why? We can do what everybody else can do. We do it faster. That's what everybody else says. We do it cheaper. Everybody else says that. We do it better. Yes, everybody else. More experience. That's what everybody else says. You know, yeah. our combined our combined seventy five thousand years of experience. <laughs> you know? Yeah, the fact is, everybody can do what you can do. Right. So you know, uh, unique sales, uh, unique selling proposition becomes very difficult, and uh, and it, it becomes very blah. You know, it's it, and and it's not really anything that you can hang your hat on. Unique sales persona, on the other hand, makes you an interest, and that persona could be applied to a company, a product, or service, but sure. let's talk about salespeople. It makes you an interesting human being. It makes you an interesting person. So what are you saying differently than other people? If you're not, there's nothing unique about you, you know. How, so how do you how do you think differently? How do you what do you call yourself that's different? How do you approach people that's different? All these different, you know, what are the different ways you look at a problem that that your you know your competitors or your coworkers or whatever don't? What makes you unique in the way that you approach something? Um, and you know, for I mean, for, uh, uh, you know, the easiest example I get people is like you know the the Bruce Lee of sales, because a lot of times now when people go like they've melded the USP into the elevator pitch thing, mm-hmm. you're in an elevator with the CEO of the company you definitely want to get into. You've got 30 seconds. To, you ain't gonna say Jack. There's nothing you're gonna say in 30 seconds that that guy's gonna be like, oh yeah, you know. Okay, hey, Mr. Smith. I work for a little bit. We offer blah blah blah. We do better than blah blah blah. Doors open. The guy's like, get away from me. <laughs> yeah. Pushing buttons you know, in the elevator, trying to get off on an earlier floor. Yes, anything, any floor. Any, I don't even work here, but I got to get up. <laughs> um, you know, and it's why? Because it's, it's all about attacking the person with verbiage in an attempt to get them to want what you've got. That's frontal assault, you know? <laughs> that, that's not something that people want. You know, they, they don't want to be harassed. They want to be attracted. When you have a persona, a unique sales persona that attracts people, then all of a sudden you get into the conversation. So imagine getting on the elevator, you know, and uh, it's like, you know, oh, hi, Mr. Smith. You're the CEO of ABC Corporation. Yes, I am. Well, that's a great place. You know, how long have you been doing that? Oh, that you know, I've been there six years. Okay, great. What'd you do before that? Oh, I did this. And, and you, you ask them about that. They're going to say something. Eventually they're going to say, you know, what's your name? Oh, my name is Eric. Oh, okay, great. What do you do for a living? And that's where most people, who do you work for? What do you do? That's where most people are going to jump right into their USP, right? They're going to go, well, I work for XYZ. And what we do is, ah, da, da, we're the standard bearer of this. And, da, 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 and we won 45 awards doing that. And, ah, da, da, da. You know, and, and here comes the, you know, elevator pitch slash USP approach. But if you just say something like, in my I'm case. I'm the Bruce Lee of sales and lead I'm generation. The, Bruce Lee of sales and lead generation. What? The, and I stop. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, of course, that's going to invite a further question. What does that mean? Exactly. And that's it. There you go. You have now gotten exactly where you were hoping your verbal diarrhea was going to get you why this guy's intrigued so if you're an individual rep working for a a company selling somebody else's product you're not an individual like yourself selling yourself Mm -hmm. how do you come up with that unique sales persona so i mean so it can be your 
I'm 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 quiet because there's like five different ways to do it. I'm trying to compact everything into one. So you can go about like if you can use a different moniker, great. Um, if if your company is a stickler and they're like, no, you can't. You know, you have to call yourself whatever. Then then inst- when the person asks, what do you do? Instead of saying, I am a sales rep in the eastern region for ABC company, you know, you can find a different way to approach it. You know, I, I you know, uh, what do I do? I, um, I take the allergy out of, out of server installations. Mm-hmm. Huh? That's all, you know, well, you know how sometimes you start, you start using new servers and I'm making this up as I go along, right? But, you know, you know, you, you, you know, you, you retool your, your IT infrastructure and all of a sudden you put in a whole new bunch of servers and it, it's like your, it's like the computer system gets a cold, right? There's little hiccups here and sneezes there. Nah, this, this stops working well. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But again, did I, did I say I sell servers and I work for ABC company and da, da, no. I said, what? I, I take this, you know, sneeze out of whatever. So it's not, it's not a unique selling proposition in terms of trying to give you stats and numbers and whatever and shove stuff down your throat. It's saying just, well, there's a great movie uh, with John Travolta. It was called Get Shorty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. And I forget what this is. I mean, this is going back, whatever, it was 20, 25 years ago. But uh, there's a line in there where the the guys, you know, John Travolta's got to go talk to this other mobster or something to get him to do something. So his friend says to him, well, what are you going to say to him? And he says, just what I have to, if that. Right. Or only what I have to, if that. Like, how little can you say to get the effect you desire? So what do I really want when I get in the elevator with Mr. CEO? Do I want him to be aware of what my company does? Or do I want him to be curious so I can put it into his context at his pace in a way that he enjoys because he wants more and more? more? Do I want him wanting when that door opens or do I want him, quote unquote, educated? Yeah, that's all the difference. Yeah, you you want you want a question coming back at you. Mm-hmm. So if I can make you curious and desirous, that's my job. Too many people have been told to quote educate the market as as quickly as possible. Don't educate the market. Let the market let them uh, as they, as we know about education. If you look up the you know, educare, I think what is the Latin or Greek origin or whatever of the word. Well, you're very well educated. It, well, there you go. it doesn't mean to put in. It actually means to draw out. Oh, interesting. Yes. And yet when, we're, when we're trying to educate our market, what are we trying to do? We're trying to shove stuff down their throat. What we're trying to do is to draw – what we need to do is to draw out their curiosity so that they then themselves ingrain in them why we are valuable. Because I can't make me valuable to you. I cannot, no matter how hard I try. Okay. Only you can make me valuable to you. How do you do that? As you learn yourself more about me, you will contextualize more about me and more of how I'm going to help you. And then you see the path to me working with you. And yeah. too many in sales today, we're taught to shove stuff down people's throats to get them to, you know, respond to a certain question a certain way. And oh, that's that trigger that we know. Me- oh, come on, 
You know what I mean? That's 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 putting human beings down to the level of an amoeba. If right. I poke it, I know it's going to split in two and do this. Come on. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. It's all about people selling to people. There you go, man. There you go. And I, I you know, and, and I was, this, you hear my, I grew up in Queens. So this is how, <laughs> come on. Hey, what do you want? Hey, forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the R then, so we've got the unique sales persona, which is a, a great tip is, is, you know, when people ask, what do you do? <laughs> you don't give the elevator pitch or the corporate pitch. Mm-hmm. You know, come up with something that's, that speaks in the context that they may understand, or as you said, the, the great way you have with the Bruce Lee of sales that, that cause people to think, okay, well, I need to learn more about that. Mm-hmm. All right. So next on the R in gurus is rapport building. So this is really a critical one. We see it more and more now as more sales is moving inside and being conducted virtually. It's, it's, that's one of the real barriers is, you know, how does somebody that never meets them in person, how do they develop a rapport? Gurus builds on itself. Um, every system I've ever designed, I've realized that um, systems, you, you have to have step one, then step two, then step three. It's kind of like, you know, uh, how do I fly the plane when I'm already barreling down the runway at 500 miles an hour? Like, you that's know, the wrong time to ask, right? that's the wrong time to start, you know, trying to figure this <laughs> figure these things out. There's trees coming. Okay. <laughs> and the brakes aren't working. So these things have to build on each other. So, you know, first, if you're your genuine self, you know, the whole process starts to become easier and you're more relaxed in your own skin and you're not putting on airs. When people are interested in you, then all of a the sudden the, uh, the, pay attention to me thing goes away. So you're relaxed. Somebody's intrigued by you. Now you can move into rapport naturally, right? So rapport building is getting on energetically the same page as the other person so that they feel comfortable with you. See, comfort is a very important thing. Am I comfortable with you as a person? If I'm not comfortable with you, you can... I mean, do we buy things from people we're not comfortable with? From time to time, we do. Why? Rarely, though. Rarely. But, you know, if we're sitting there and we've got, you know, the the pain in the butt, you know, decision-making team, you know, there's four of them. And the one guy is sitting there thinking, like, I hate that sales rep. I can't stand him. I don't trust him. I don't. But the other three are like, well, mathematically, it makes sense. They're they're 17% cheaper than everybody else. And they're going to give us 30% more of that. And the warranty is going to last longer. And so it's, it's never a happy decision. If you, if you don't have rapport with the person, it's like, it's like worst case scenario decision. He's the, he's the best of the worst. (laughs) So we're going to go with him. So rapport on the other hand is there's, uh, there's that feeling of like, this person knows me. This person resonates with me. I like them. I trust them. Even though I have, you know, even though I don't have 20 years of being a friend with this person, there's just that feeling like this person gets me, this person, I, I could trust this person or whatever. And the feeling that somebody gets you or they get your problem, they understand your situation is worth, I mean, it's worth its weight in gold because there's this like, I don't have to explain this, then this, then this, then why wow, this guy already gets it. You know what I'm saying? 
Well, and I think I think one of the things that you brought up that's key is you talk about how this builds on itself is that if you are your genuine self, and one of the things about genuine self should be, I think a really critical thing that salespeople really miss is that you have to believe that you are the equal of the person you're speaking with. Mm-hmm. So part of being your genuine self is being comfortable with the fact that you're not a you're not begging this person for business. You're not overwhelmed by the fact they finally gave you some time and and you're all nervous about it is is and they're yeah, they may have had some big title and so on, but hey, you're their equal. And part of being your genuine self is you're gonna to talk to that person as an equal. And I think that helps really build the rapport. Because mm-hmm. if you're talking to a decision maker and they think that you're a supplicant, then hey, that's a whole different relationship. There's your multisyllabic word for the day, folks. Supplicant. Supplicant. That's what we had. <laughs> Don't forget, you brought up educate and the, and the way it derived from Latin. So there you go. I was there just taking go. a cue from you. I I appreciate that. So for those of you, out there, it's Smarty Pants Day for all of us here. That's right. All of us chickens. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, a, a key thing is to, like you said, is to be uh, the equal of the person. The moment you have rapport with somebody, instantly the level, the 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 playing field is leveled, and that's a key thing. You can be the guy on the street with a sign begging for quarters, and the CEO of a twenty billion dollar corporation can be walking by you, but if you two can build rapport. All of that, all of those, all of the money and the material things goes away because at the end of the day, all human beings are equal. Strip us all naked, you know, take away, you know, when you take everything away from a human being, what have you got left? You got it naked people. So we are all equal. You know, some people might have more stuff or they might have a a job title that's technically higher than yours or something on some org chart. But in reality, all human beings are equal. So rapport building is partially, you know, that resonance, but it's also partially, you know, in that feeling of connection, but it's also that uh, eliminating those artificial barriers that exist between humans. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, your, you know, the, how much your car costs and how much my car costs you know, oh, you know, I got my $25,000 car and you're driving around a $125,000 car. So that that doesn't change the grade of human being that either of us is. Um, and so that so getting rid of those barriers, building that rapport, resonating with each other, feeling like this person gets me. As a matter of fact, when you feel like somebody else gets you, that is it. You know that all of your perceived barriers are gone. Right. You you can't put the wall. It's not even the you can't even put the walls up because this person is right next to me, energetically. I can't defend against this person anymore. More importantly, I don't want to. Right. And that's that's the joy of rapport. Excellent. Okay, so we've worked our way through three of the five letters in the acronym Gurus. Fortunately, we're going to have to step away to the last segment of our show, but we're going to let Eric tell you in just a few minutes where you can find out more about the Gurus selling system. So. Eric, now in the last segment of the show, I've got standard questions I ask all my guests. Okay. And the first one is a scenario that I pose to everyone. In the, and you're the star of the show. Yeah. You've just been hired as a new sales leader at a company whose sales have stalled out. And they desperately want to get unstuck. So what two things could you do in your first week on the job that would have the biggest impact? 
Well, the first thing I do, I mean, if I brought in a sales leader is I'm, I'm going to go to what comes before sales, lead generation. What are we doing for lead generation? And, you know, I, I, that's the first thing I want to know. Mm-hmm. And is it up is it up to marketing or is it up to sales? Am I, you know, did I make the mistake of working for one of those companies that <laughs> gives marketing an unlimited budget and tells them to go have fun at the trade shows? And do whatever you know, and bring back your fishbowl of useless cards, um, while sales actually has to, you know, produce leads. Or you know, am I at a smart company where they, where, where, mar- where marketing actually produces leads? So that's the first thing I'm going to look at. The second thing I'm going to look at is okay, if lead generation is working properly, what's happening in the sales process? You know, how are we converting people? So if we've got you know, and, and there's any any number of problems. We might have we might be getting a lot of quote unquote leads, but then we get you know partway through the process with them and we realize they're not qualified. So do I have a really good disqualification process in place so that mm-hmm. you know people are, are are not wasting our time? If they if they're qualified, then you know what's the next step in the process? You know, is it talking to somebody or do we should we be giving them more, you know, should we, putting them into, I don't know, a video process or a white paper process or something to uh, dis, um, to segregate them more? You know, that you should be in that list. You should be in this list. You should be being handled by that people, those people, these people, et cetera. Um, you know, what is the real sales process funnel from beginning to end? I want to see every inch of it. I want to know where where we're losing people, you know. And, mm-hmm. and as soon as you know where you're losing people, that's where you can investigate and that's where you can improve. And it should be – and as soon as you've fixed one hole, you should start to see improvement in everything that comes after it. And you just go down your funnel fixing all the holes until the water's flowing through it perfectly. All right. Great answer. Love it. So – Got some other questions for you, rapid-fire questions. You can give me one-word answers or you can elaborate. So when you, Eric, are out selling, what's your most powerful sales attribute? My most powerful sales attribute? I would say, oh, God, my eyes. No, um, <laughs> my, uh, usually just the, That's the first. I mean, there you go. Uh, that, you know, in, in terms of if I'm talking to people, it's usually the moniker, you know, the Bruce Lee of sales and lead generation. Yeah, it's no, I would agree. Some, yeah. Who's your sales role model? Oi, who is my sales role model? Um, Buddha. Uh, <laughs> I've got a lot of a lot of guys. I mean, in my industries and stuff that I've done, um, I love guys like uh, Tony Robbins, um, Brian Tracy, early stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like when you talk about rock and roll, like you too yeah. before Rattle and Hum. <laughs> um, yeah, no. That's okay. We can, uh, you can make it generation generationally yeah. relevant. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, guys who are really um, who really attract people, like a Howard Stern. Um, my sales role models are human beings, and they don't have to be in sales. As a matter of fact, most of them aren't. Sure. Human beings who naturally attract other people. Because when you're that kind, when you can attract other people naturally, the whole idea of you know having to have years and years and years of sales training and sales skill goes out the window. Why? Because if you're naturally attracting people, naturally interesting people, and naturally helping people, then that's it. You're, you're a sales god. Right. The power of the genuine self. So third question is, what's mm-hmm. one book besides your own that every salesperson should read? Wow. One book beside my own that every salesperson should read. Doesn't so need many. to be a sales book either. Uh, I know. I know. Um, 
since I'm a big advocate of lead generation, um, I would probably say, you know, high on my hit list. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to change my answer. I was about to go one direction. I'm going to change my answer. So I study neuro linguistic programming. Mm-hmm. We, could, we could spend an hour and a half talking about just N, um, but uh, NLP. Uh, there is a book, the user's manual for the brain. That's the basic. That's the basically the first course of NLP in a book form. It is an incredible read so that you can start to see how the human mind, the subconscious mind responds. It's great and it's great for virtually any type. I mean, it doesn't matter what you do in a business setting. It could be sales, operations, management, whatever. Um, you interact with human beings. It is a, in a fantastic way to see, A, how your mind works so that you can have better understanding of, of mm-hmm. what you do, but it also how other people respond to you. So actually, I think if that was a, if I was going to recommend a book that everybody should read just to read, that would be the book to read. All right. Sounds good. Other than mine. Other than yours, of course. <laughs> the be-do sale, which I always want to call the do-be-do sale, but that's never mind. Anyway, so last question for you. What's on your playlist right now? What music's on your playlist? Ah, uh, I, oddly enough, I, I'm not much on listening to music a lot in the car. I'm one of these guys who listens to a lot to, book, uh, a lot to books on tape kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have my headset that I, you know, when I work out and stuff like that. So it's a mix of any really energetic music that I relate to. Uh, so it'll be like early in excess music or... Uh, Aerosmith, you know, again from the a lot of '80s stuff, you know. In excess, uh, that'll that'll be that'll be send people back checking. Exactly, Scorpions, uh, you know, Guns N' Roses, uh, lots of you know old ACDC, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, so ACDC uh, was yeah after nearly 200 interviews now. ACDC is pretty close to the top of the list. So there you go. All right, stuff that, stuff that energizes me. All right, appreciate it. Well, good. Well, Eric, thanks for joining me today. And uh, tell folks how they can find out more about you and Guru's Selling. Um, well, the easiest way is uh, there's two ways. I mean, you can go to guruselling.com. That's G U R U selling.com. So G U R U selling.com. Uh, that's our website. And uh, you can also, I mean, if you want to check me out on LinkedIn, uh, just Google my name, E-R-I-K. Last name is L-U-H-R-S. As far as I know, I'm the only E-R-I-K-L-U-H-R-S on LinkedIn. (laughs) So you should, and I'm certainly the only one who's the Bruce Lee of sales. I was going to say, if somebody searches Bruce Lee on LinkedIn, what do they find? Uh, Well, I mean, you'll find a lot of folks in China, believe it or not. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But there are a few folks who who go, wow, I really love your profile. And then all of a sudden they become the Bruce Lee of, you know, greeting cards or something <laughs> next day and i and i have long conversations with them like yeah i appreciate you know they say you know whatever the uh, imitations is a serious form of flattery but copying is just cheap right so model me don't copy <laughs> exactly all right well good well again thanks for being on the show and remember friends make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success and one easy way to do that is to make this podcast accelerate a part of your daily routine listening in on your commute, in the gym, or make it part of your morning sales meeting. That way you won't miss any of my conversations with top business experts like my guest today, Eric Lurs, the Bruce Lee of sales, who shared his expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining me. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. 
Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guests, visit my website at andypaul.com.